I was trying to figure out why I wasn't like down to watch it. And I genuinely think it's because the last thing I saw was young Ian getting kidnapped by the pirates. And I had like PTSD flashbacks to how much I hated once upon a time when it had the pirate storyline. And I think I just, I think I'm just against pirates now because of it. Like I, they're an outlander. The pirating is fun. It is. So I can push through. It's not like, because I also really, and I think Outlander does a good and bad job of this, right? Where it's like, I'm really, really invested in the dynamics of the characters, Mm -hmm. but then they throw in so many curveballs to keep it, you know, a drama. And so I'm like, I've been really enjoying young Jamie and, or young Ian. And, um, what's the French boy's name? Oh yes. Um, oh, I loved him. Fergus. Fergus. And so like, and, and so I was like getting into that. So then he's kidnapped and I'm like, well, it'll probably be like years before I see Fergus. Again. You know what I mean? Like right. I just am writing the story for, um, myself instead of just watching it. Like I'm pre, yeah. I'm pre disliking a storyline that like mm-hmm. literally just started. Yeah, no, no, no. I loved them as pirates. I thought it was so fun. And the show is like, learning like what the what the viewers well hey no no no. I mean it's all based on the books right so like I really don't know how much the writers are like driving the pace of like the show I would like to think that they are driving it intentionally and have learned that how much the audience can really handle a Claire and Jamie separation and yeah because six episodes was a lot in season three and yeah. I think the only the thing whole that, reason any of us are here, <laughs> I know, but I think the reason that it worked and that, that they could get through with that was because it was actually interesting to see what they did over those 20 years because yeah, it was 20 yeah. years, right? When yeah. it's like three episodes, I'm like, okay, what the fuck? Like no time has passed. Right. And y'all are just not together. And yeah. like, Claire's been kidnapped again. Like, it's like the, that to me feels cheap. With the, right. with the separation and her going back, it, that made sense. Mm-hmm. Like I was happy with that. And I was, I enjoyed the, the time apart because I am one of the few people who really liked Frank. Oh my God. Boo. I know, oh. I know, I know, I know. But yeah, like, no, no, no. And, and young Ian, I kind of didn't really notice, like, he's not, he's like a really, really main character of the whole season three and four. Okay, good. Cause yeah, I like him. Yeah, me too. He's like perfectly earnest and mm-hmm. also smart. Yeah, um, he's like Jamie was in season one. Right. Yeah, exactly. And like, just like younger is hot. Um <laughs> yeah, but like literally illegal. Right. As usual. Um but <laughs> as usual. <laughs> I mean, like literally. The kids from Riverdale, let's be honest. Like they're all so hot and they're all playing teens. They, I need you to watch. I can't. Oh yeah, yeah. Elite is like insane. Rain, everyone. <laughs> Talking about their favorite themes on silver screen. They'll try to stay on theme. Who said that this podcast was spoiler free? It's time for single best scene. So hello, hello everybody. Hello, hello. I'm Sophie, and I'm Maddie. And welcome to Single Best Scene, a very special pitch edition where I'm going to convince Maddie to watch a show or you, our lovely listeners, 
And this week I'm pitching The Umbrella Academy, a Netflix original that came out in 2019. It currently has two seasons and it is technically sci-fi TV. It's starring Elliot Page, Tom Hopper, David Castaneda, amongst others. It's like a real um, large cast of characters. Steve Blackman is a creator and the one sentence summary on Netflix is reunited by their father's death, estranged siblings with extraordinary powers uncover shocking family secrets and a looming threat to humanity. So basically- What a description. What a description. So basically these um, now adults, but formerly children, there's two, four, six, eight of them. And uh, when they were kids, they were all born with supernatural powers. And this guy decides to, who's like loosely in Russia slash Eastern Europe, they never really tell us, um, decides to like adopt all of them so that he can help save, because he knows that the end of the world is coming and he wants these kids to be trained to help stop the end of the world and is the, the, the actual like long premise. And so these kids, and it's the Umbrella Academy, right? Like that's what the Umbrella Academy is, is the school this guy, this man creates for these children with supernatural powers. So they all have different powers and they spend their childhood, you know, refining them. And he sends them out to like fight crime occasionally in like whatever town that they're in. It's not a Marvel this is not like a comic, actually. Was it based on a comic book? It was based on a comic book, but I don't think it's Marvel. No, I don't think like, it is either. Like there's because... no like one superhero is the thing. Yeah, it's but one of the other. Is, yeah, I think it is based on a comic book, but um. anyway, and, and so it, it balances back between present day when all of these kids are now adults and they're the dad has died. That's that's sort of the inciting incident that brings them back together um, because they've all sort of like gone their separate ways and they're all around 30, I want to say. And it's so there's flashbacks throughout the whole first season of them. They're currently adults and then at them in the academy as kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it. the first season was great. And they this, were raised like foster siblings, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did watch the first, like, I don't know. I watched the first episode and there was like a weird sexual chemistry between yes, two, two of, of them. Yes. And I was like, is this incest? Like I was like still right. trying to put the, the pieces together. Well, and it, it, they, they also don't ever really address it. Um, I think that they, the, the two who are kind of in love act like it's incest. So they can never be, but like the other siblings are like, no you guys love each other like it's fine like yeah like we're not blood fucking related the only weird thing is that we all grew up together um okay okay but yeah no 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 that never goes away um and tom hopper is one of those two people um he was very attractive so handsome (laughs) um 
but anyway, and the dad of the family, who like literally they all have daddy problems, like 100%, like he fucks them all up in a different specific way, which is really the subplot of the show is how did this man fuck each of these children up? Like mentally, like he never abused them, but like there was a lot of mental warfare going on. Um, mm-hmm. Like he sends Tom Hopper's character to the moon for like 15 years for basically no reason, just because he didn't know what to do with them. Like literally it's, it's very sad. That's insane. To the moon? Yeah, to the moon. I mean, again, this is all fantasy, but like, yeah, he, so he was like alone. And um, actually, let me look up who plays the girl. Um, I looked her up. She's a Broadway actress, actually. Emmy Raver. Raver Lampman. Emmy Raver Lampman is who plays Tom Hopper's love interest. And ancestor. I'm ancestor. Um, yeah, she's a Broadway actress. She was in like Hair, Jacqueline Hyde, Wicked, and Hamilton. Oh wow! Who did like, she play in Hamilton? One of the Skyler sisters. Uh, I'm assuming she said it says touring production such as and uh, um. so. Um, I I don't know, but. Um, why did Amy Ravert leave Hamilton as a member? She was an ensemble member, left the show in April 2016 to join the Chicago cast of SpongeBob the SquarePants musical. Her departure occurred two months before the Disney Plus. Okay, so she's not in the filmed version with, although six degrees of separation, I'm 100% sure she knows Elizabeth, who we went to yeah. high school with, who was also in Hamilton, who is in the Disney Plus filmed version. So. If only we had called her up and said, can you get Emmy on the pod? If only um, I'd called up Elizabeth and then like, do you remember we were neighbors until I was seven? <laughs> and then I um, never talked to you again, but you're always really nice to me. It must have been huge. Would you like to come into the podcast where you might know one person? Can you please? Which she's like actually friends with people. Like very famous. That are in shows that we've covered. Like she's like friends with Sophia Bush. Yeah. No, no, it's. It's something. Whatever. We aren't the, we aren't the talented we're ones from our high school. Um, so yes, it's, um, Jared Way Eisner. No, Jared Way's Eisner winning comic. Okay. So Jared Way is the writer of the comic books. The show has been nominated for an Emmy. It's never won. Also in season one, Mary J. Blige is actually, uh, plays one of the villains and she's amazing. What interesting casting. An icon as usual. Yeah, yeah. No, it's fucking amazing. Um, I didn't know she acted. Because they're these bad guys. So that's the other thing. There's like a lot of layers to this show, which makes season one interesting to me. Like you find out more about each of these kids. You find out more about the before, the after. And also there's this like background thing going on of like, there's sort of like a puppet master situation. Um... And you find more and more about that actually for across the two seasons. Season two, I am not going to in any way stake my claim to support season two. Um, Okay. The whole, it was just so different and it has been greenlit for a season three. So I'm like really interested to see what happens in season three because season one is like basically present day and it does this like time jumping, whatever like but like not like they don't travel through time but we the audience get flashbacks but in season two the whole cast is 
between one and two, this is sort of a spoiler, but not really. The whole, like, the whole show gets time traveled back to 1960. So the the whole season two is just in Dallas in 1960. Is it trying to prevent JFK? Yes. I already watched a show that's trying to prevent JFK. JFK Because remember, these kids are trained to, like, save the world, quote unquote. And so someone decides that that's going to help. And it's so interesting to me how much state, like how much weight we put in what could have been Kim's right. presidency. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Been president longer. And I just also season two felt really like half baked as far as like committing to the superhero era. Yeah. Like, oh, like, interesting. Why bother? Why bother go back to 1960 and Dallas? Like, why bother do time and place that's actual historical, like actually history? If you're not going to like totally commit, it, it just, it, I found it really frustrating because they don't address race really like they do, but they don't. Yeah. And it just, it, they just sort of cherry pick what they want out of the sixties and out of Dallas. And I just found season two to be kind of frustrating in that way where I, I just, I don't know. Season one was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always interesting the to me really compelling yeah it's always interesting to me when people um I've watched a few shows where they've talked about the assassination of Kennedy and using that as the backdrop and it's always so interesting because I've driven by that you know like probably I drive by where he was assassinated 50 times a year yeah like I, I drive by it truly all of the time yeah. Um, and it's like so forgettable. And so I think the only way that that part of town is interesting is to truly go back to the sixties and like bare bones, make that be like a, um, like I can't, I can't imagine that like the book depository was like that thing or like all of those warehouses were like as cool as, as they make it look in the movies, because like you could drive by it and miss it. Oh, for sure. Um, so one of the best things about the show is one of the actors whose name is Aiden Gallagher. And just to like stab in the heart of people our age, um, he was born in 2003. Shut up. Mm-hmm. 2003? <laughs> but he's so good. So his character, he's one of the siblings. He basically like his his special talent is um or his superpower is um like he can teleport basically um which like of course at first is just like from one side of the room to the other but then he figures out that he can time travel mm-hmm. um and something goes wrong they kind of explain it but they don't so like basically he's trapped in his like 12 year old body and the rest of them are 30. Like he is 30. And also he like time traveled too far in the future. That's also part of how this all gets started. So like he's actually lived technically more years than the rest. Like he's lived for 50 or 60 years or something like that in the future already. It gets a little confusing, but basically this actor who is, you know, like a teenager still. Yeah. He's like 16. He 17. He plays a character who is 
like he plays an adult who's in his 50s but he like the character looks like he's 12 and the actor is like 16 that's insane that's also so impressive it's also cool he can like hold his own in a scene with actual 30 year olds you know what I mean and like command the you never for one second forget that he's like way older than all of them even though he looks like a child and is like acting across people who are you know 15 16 17 years older than him oh yeah he's by far the youngest one in the cast like by a decade yeah um but yeah I have mixed feelings like I said I have mixed feelings about season two however there is like one beautiful like um one of the siblings gets like the best plot of literally all time um and it's it's their plot for like the whole the whole season so I love when that happens yes like truly redeem and it was a character that I felt like didn't get enough time in in season one so they gave them like their whole own thing in two I really enjoyed that. And now the more I think about it, of course, I haven't seen it in a while. They do, Emmy's character gets involved with like protests about race and inequality. So it just, but they, so I'm not saying they don't address it, but it just is sort of used as a convenience, like a convenient plot instead of like, like Tom Hopper's character. Mm-hmm is white and like meets her in the south part like south dallas and they never like address that that's weird yeah i don't, I don't know. know whatever i just i just i i just wanted to say that it's not that they don't address race that they do it just seems sort of like a, they choose to like do they address race without addressing racism like she doesn't experience racism but they address this like the civil rights movement or does she address like experience racism in the show but they like blow it off or she does a she does a little bit but they don't it it sort of seems like they pigeonhole the black character into like a civil rights plot because it's the 60s right and like it doesn't affect any of the other characters not at all actually which I guess prior well and prior to this past you know 2020 summer I think I might have been like yeah maybe that's possible but like when there is civil unrest happening it's almost impossible to not have it affect you granted like when you have white skin it doesn't affect how you like present yourself in the world but it is like the conversations that you're having and the news that you're reading and the and the activism that you want to get involved in. So it does kind of, per- like, it does penetrate your life yeah. in a way that I, I didn't know until I truly experienced it this summer because, you right. know. Yeah, totally. I, I totally agree. And and it just, it's not just like a black issue or a white, you know what I mean? Like it's a societal issue. Thing, right. It in no way just affected one population. None of this stuff ever does, but. And like one sibling. Right. And- family, which I will say that's <laughs> kind of the plot of this that was like kind of the this is us thing they like address that finally on this is us randall being like i'm the only black like i was the only black kid none of you ever asked me about this why are you asking me now it was pretty good well good Good thing but it did take you know five seasons of global pandemic and a you know marching and (laughs) yeah like it took the world to reflect it oh god well yikes well I am hoping that I'm I have high hopes for season three I'm hoping there's some redemption although um 
I don't know. Once you get through two seasons of the show, it, it, it I, I take some time between seasons one and two is all I'm saying. Like it's, it, the show is really heavy. Um, they deal with a lot of like adult stuff, like all these kids. And like, I mean, like I said at the top, the fact that they're, they whole season one is just like everybody processing their like dad's emotional abuse um, mm-hmm. is a whole thing. And the like semi-futuristic world that they've created is also kind of a lot to get used to because there is a lot to stomach there as well. Um, at least for, in my opinion, I've never been like the biggest sci-fi person. So maybe if you're more into that, it won't be as hard, but it is a good show and the characters are amazing and the all, all the actors in the show really, I think, knock it out of the park. So that is why it is my recommendation. If you like other sci-fi stuff, <laughs> um, I'm not going to narrow down to anything because, I mean, I'm assuming, I mean, sci-fi things, it's a little like series of unfortunate events a bit, except for they're all adults, which I think makes it it different but um it kind of felt like and I, I don't know what it is because you've pitched it to me off air mm-hmm. kind of like the show lock and key you described key. yeah that's that what you're gonna say that was my next yeah suggestion if you try to lock and key definitely give this a go this is not as dark as that which <laughs> is incredible to say because lock and key goes in literally directly to hell like in no no shy terms that show got so dark that I definitely don't think I can watch it again. Um, and it's marketed like to children. To children. That's what I think is yeah. the most interesting part of Lock and Key is like watching it. I was like, oh, this is like some dumb kid show. And you were like, so then they go to hell. I was like, wait, right? it's so like then a demon starts following them. Like it's truly super fucked up. And yeah, the median age of like the actors on that show is like 15. Like it's literally. Yeah, it like looked like a kid's show. Else. Right. It makes no sense um yeah that show is very dark this show is dark in a way that makes you think harder that show is dark in a way that sneaks up on you and then all of a sudden you're like holy fucking shit like Mm -hmm. this is evil like this is what like the the bible was talking about when they said evil like the puritans this is what they were fucking talking about um that's kind of how i felt with sabrina where it's like this is dark this is dark this is dark cool 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 she just hailed like she just like signed away her soul to satan and you're like this is what this is scary so with sabrina there was at least some lead up um yeah yeah although it was surprising that it, it was so much darker than the original yeah the original is like like Britney Spears was in it. Like, right, like, yeah, it's like cutesy and corny and like one step away from Lizzie McGuire. Um, whereas um with lock and key, you're like, yeah, look at these children like bopping around and finding magical keys. Oh wait, oh my god, like <laughs> that's the devil. <laughs> <laughs> no, it can be literally the devil. The devil <laughs> is a lady and she shapeshifts like into it's terrifying. Like, <laughs> like it's so like, that reminds me of now we're just kind of going on a rant, but that reminds me of Jessica Jones. Yeah. I watched like the first 10 episodes. I should have finished it because I did like it, but I remember he could like get them to do anything. It was mind control. And I was like, it is so infuriating to watch her go against someone who can just tell her she's not mad and she's not. Mm-hmm. Like what an insane Achilles heel. Right. And I feel yeah. like Arrow did that too, where one of their villains was. Yes 
yes was like manipulative Girl. of yes like he could control all of the soul like no yes. nothing could hit him and you're like how do you set them up with such incredible foes right like, right go so smaller or we yeah right is it, it we don't want to feel like there's it's hopeless yeah definitely how um yeah that lock and key show and yeah arrow I think I tapped out around the time that 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 villain showed up uh-huh. I did too because I was like I am not enjoying any part of this no it was like loss after loss after loss and you're like mm-hmm. well what now then they created seven spinoffs and I was like well I'm not going to do that so I'm just going to quit it all quit but, it all cold turkey right which I I do miss Stephen Amal so but he's in a new show coming out that's about like pro wrestling so he'll be shirtless well all right I guess that's look we watch superhero shows for him I think we can like give it a WWE pilot he's doing yeah he is so handsome and he owns a winery he's a very hot man got it all got it all anyway back to this actually okay so I watched the first episode of Umbrella Academy and just kind of thought like I used to just like download things and watch them at work um, during my lunch break. And I downloaded the first one and was not really into it. I was also like really thrown off by the relationships, mm-hmm. which now I see like I probably should have kept going, but I'm sure I was also watching, you know, nine other shows and just yeah. let well, it no, go. No, but the, the, it's, they do, it's very confusing. It takes several episodes to understand who all of these people are. Mm-hmm. But and I watched it in the only person I knew in it was Elliot Page. Cause I'm like, yeah, you know, big well, Juno fan over here. So, okay. Yeah. We, we disagree on that. Uh, Juno freaked me out. So fucking uh, good. It did so... make me think Jason Bateman was an actual villain for like a long time. Like any, even in Arrested Development, I'm like, when's he going to like be terrible? No. When's he going to flip? Like it really scared me from suburban dads. Yeah. But everything else about Juno. It, it's interesting that that they do headline Tom Holland and Elliot as like the stars in this show because like it is an ensemble cast Wait, like Tom Hollander right yeah yeah sorry Tom Hollander yeah yeah not Tom Holland Tom Holland I was like damn Spider-Man no, <laughs> pulling no. double duty no well um but Tom Hopper 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 Tom Hopper sorry um and I didn't know who David Castaneda was but like it is he's actually my least favorite character but it's an <laughs> ensemble that it was weird that they called the it honestly even was because I didn't know who those other two characters are um, I'm sure they did Elliot because the most name recognition to get people to tune in yeah for sure and I'm looking to see what other things Tom Hopper has been in oh Game of Thrones yeah okay I think I quit before he um showed up on the scene yeah. He was in the last season, but okay, I'm into it. Sounds interesting. I mean, mixed bag. It's the kind of thing where it's like if you have truly bottomed out of your Netflix, mm-hmm. um, or if you are into fantasy stuff and you're just not sure about this because it sounds like it's for kids, give it a try. All right, all right, sounds good. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us on this very special pitch episode. Um, are we going to air this with? Are we airing one at a time? Or we're yeah, doing- we're doing one at a time. So thank you everybody <laughs> for joining us for the special episode <laughs> of The Pitch. Um, if you decided to go ahead and give Umbrella Academy a try, shoot us a DM or comment on our post and let us know what you think. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this show. And we will see you guys next week when Maddie is going to pitch a show. Yes, I will.
Get excited. All right. Thanks, you guys. Bye. Bye.